Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. God bless. I'll tell you right now, uh, the word of God is, is applicable to us today. It is, God's word is not, uh, uh, it is relevant to us today. And uh, chapters 1 and 2 uh, talk about the preeminence, that Jesus is preeminent and as a result of that, as we allow him to be preeminent in our lives, that there are things that can happen that would not normally happen because he is preeminent. He's first. That means first in our lives. And to put him first. And we're going we're gonna to touch on that in a bit. But um, today the title is uh, Making the Big Bucks. Making the Big Bucks. And I, I think all of us, we, uh, when we think of that... Uh, we think more along the lines of, of the material aspect of our, our existence and, um, and uh, when it comes to our, our work and the, the work of our hands. Uh, uh, the Lord is very interested in that. And so tonight we're going to be looking at a few passages at the end of um, chapter 3. But I have a few questions for you regarding making the big bucks. Uh, when, what do you think an employer looks for in an employee? What kind of employee would they want to have working for them? And I'm not just talking resume. I am talking, uh, what do you think an employer is looking in an employee? Some characteristics, some whatever. Yeah, sorry. Dependable, okay? That they're dependable. So you can count on them. And I, I always, I thought that was just a given. You know, to, to be dependable? Of course, if you've got a, 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 a job that, that, and you know your hours. It's not like you don't know your hours. You know your hours that, that when it's time to work, you go to work. To me, that was just a, an automatic. Like it, so with that... I worked for 27 years, and not to boast, but it was just, that was just how I was, maybe because of my upbringing, you just, you go to work, right? So in 27 years, I missed three days of work, and two of those days was because uh, we had new life coming into our family. And so uh, the other day, I can't remember, I might have been sick or something, but in 27 years, uh, to be gone for three days. I just say thank you, Lord, for, for keeping me healthy uh, and uh, to be dependable. Something else? Yeah, Peter. Honesty, integrity. So when it comes to the job, what, what, what kinds of things would that entail? Be honest or have integrity at, at work? And I, what, do you, what do you say? honest. I worked at General Motors as a student for three summers. This was during the 80s when, man, General Motors was booming. And, and during that time in St. Catharines, they had between seven to 800 students that they hired during the summer. But I heard stories. It was like the amount of theft that went on at General Motors 
Like you, you'd have guys walking out, trying to make their, you know, walking out with a, a you know, a V6 head, uh, you know, or heads from an engine, you know. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, a, a crankshaft, you know, a, a V6 crankshaft probably weighs about 30 pounds or, or more. And so they're walking out with this hunk of metal, you know, because they're going to, tools, whatever. There was just, uh, there was an amazing amount of theft that went on at, at General Motors. And we're not talking to students. We're talking about people that work there full time regularly. It's like, to be honest, honest with your, with your work, um, to, to, to work. We'll, we'll talk about that. Um, to not be, not be lazy. Something else. Punctual. Be on time. For sure. So uh, not just to be there right on the, on the nose, but uh, even to be there early. To be there, you know, uh, 10 minutes before work started. I know we had a punch clock. You had to punch in before and then and then at the end of the day, you punched out um, to be on time, punctual. Yes. What else? Dedicated. What else? Sorry? To be efficient. Yeah, efficiency of time, efficiency of work, you know. Um, not, you know, well, hey, we've got this job. Let's drag it out as much as we can, you know. We'll just see how much time we can waste or how, how, how little work we can do. Um, yeah, efficient. What else? All right, so doing a little above and beyond, uh, showing some initiative. I, I put down a few things here as well, adding on to what you have. Uh, cooperation, uh, the ability to work with others. So not just getting along with others, even if they're not the, the, the nicest individuals, but just to be able to cooperate with, uh, with others uh, around you, cooperate with your, your bosses, your, the foreman, uh, whoever's overseeing you. Uh, when, they, when it comes to following instructions, uh, they've, you've got instructions given, maybe there's a change of whatever, uh, just to say, hey, yeah, absolutely, yes, sir, I'll get it done. These are things that, none of those things that were mentioned right now are any skills. There are no skills, no skill that was mentioned yet, not one. So uh, when it comes to a job, obviously, we think, well, you know what, I need to have the skill to do the job. And of course, sometimes there's uh, skilled labor, uh, you know, uh, if someone's going to cut my hair, uh, you would want to have some skill in, in cutting hair before you cut somebody's hair. So you, you, you have training, schooling, whatever for that so that you do a good job, right? Um, so skilled, obviously we would, you may need skills for a certain job or knowledge about the job. You may need to have experience. Sometimes you need experience, um, which I always find kind of weird, eh? Uh, they, wa they want you to work, but... Uh, you know, you, you've come out of school. How do I, how do I get experience unless somebody hires me for the job, right? Um, but yeah, when somebody entrusts you with something, uh, even if you have no experience, you have training uh, in that particular field uh, to do to do the job. 
of course. As a, an employee, what would you want for in a job or in, a, in, in an employer? What kind of employer would you want to have? A boss? Sorry? You, you, would want a, you would want a boss that respects you? Okay. So it treats you fairly? Yeah. What else would you want from your employer? Good wages. You work hard, there'd be good wages. What else? They're, they're organized that, you know, you're not just uh, standing around or when you just, when you're not doing anything at work, it's a long day. It is a long day when you're not doing anything. Uh, that was one thing when I was teaching. The day would go by so quickly. It's like you're, you're constantly engaged doing something. And it's like, I cannot believe it. Oh, man, it's already lunchtime. And, and then the afternoon would go so quickly. It's just like, man, this is... And so one day went to the next. Part of it was because you're working. Uh, you enjoyed what you're doing. When you don't enjoy what you're doing, it's like, oh, my goodness. Sure takes a long... Every day is, just seems longer and longer. It's like, oh, man. But... We're going we're gonna to look at this because the Lord is interested in our employment and is, is desiring for you uh, to work in, in a certain way and also be blessed in your work. The Lord wants you to be blessed in your work. And this passage that we're going to be looking over uh, has to do with employees and uh, also with employers. And this is definitely a, a condensed, or it's just a very straightforward thing. You, you do this, and uh, the Lord des desires to bless you. Now, before we get into that, I just want to say this. If you want to activate the power of God in your life regarding your work, So we, we talked about activating or, or God, having God change our lives personally, individually. Because so many times say, oh man, I wish I could change this about myself. And as hard as I try, I can't change myself. Or when it comes to a marriage relationship, man, I wish I could change the other person. Now, if they were only a little bit different, my, my spouse would, you know, my, you know, would be just a little bit different. Everything would be changed or whatever. God is very interested in our, uh, our day-to-day living and the different things about our lives. And, and chapters 1 and 2 give the foundation and the detail again and again. It just hammers home two main points. Two main points. Again and again and again over the course of two chapters. And then in the last two chapters, chapters 3 and 4... It talks about all kinds of things that have to do with our lives, our daily living. As we apply those two points, the rest of it, God wants to work out. And I say, man, that's pretty easy. It's simple. 
And so those two things are this. And it's not that complicated. It is not complicated. You say, Pastor, does it work? I say, absolutely. And some of this I've, I've seen in my own life and I've seen in other people's lives. And some of it might be as a result of, I just know this to be the case, or I need to do this, not realizing that it impacts every aspect of your living. Two things. And number one is where our faith is in. And number two, what we do with what our faith is in, who it is in, and what we do with it. So let me be more specific. Our faith can be in a lot of things. Our faith should not be in ourself. Yesterday I watched this, uh, this short clip of the 100-meter finals in the U.S. and who's going to the Olympics for the 100 meters. And of the, two, of the two, uh, three people that were interviewed, two of them, I was so surprised. The one said hardly, the, the one that came in first said pretty well nothing other than this. All I can say is I give thanks to God. He came in number one in all of the United States. He says, I give thanks to God. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I just, I give thanks to God. So the guy just moved on because he wasn't saying anything more. And he said, went to the next guy. And the guy expanded a little bit more. And he said the same thing. At the end, he says, well, I, I just, hey, I thank God. I just thank God for, I, I can't remember exactly what, I just thank God. But there was an acknowledgement of God in his life. The third person, he came in third, says, um, I, I, I just, I have a lot of faith in myself. I can do this. I have faith in my coach, and I got faith in myself. I, I can do this. I want to say to you tonight, when it comes to your faith, your faith, if you want for things to happen in your life around your job and you're making the big bucks, and I don't want this to come across in the wrong way because uh, sometimes when you make the big bucks, you, get, you, get, you can get pretty sidetracked about making the big bucks. And so your focus is all, it changes to the point where you are, are caught up in the cares of this life. You are, are, are following the deceitfulness, the lies of finances or riches, and even the, the desire for the pleasures of life, and they are choking you out. Your faith should not be in yourself. It should not be in your, how your good works, your abilities, all those kinds of things. It's not in your, your, how spiritual you are. It's not even in the church that you attend. Your faith can't be in the church you attend. It can't be in some person or some agency, some government, whatever, that you say, I'm going to follow that person. It cannot be in, a, in any other person. But that your faith would be in Jesus Christ and what Jesus did for you on the cross 2,000 years ago. 
that your faith would be in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross 2,000 years ago. Because when you first grabbed a hold of that, it saved you spiritually and it gave you life spiritually. The moment you grabbed a hold of that truth, you, you received life. You went from being dead spiritually to being alive. You went from being in darkness and stumbling around with your eyes wide open. You don't see anything. You're just wandering and you just say, I hope I'm going the right way. And even if I have plans and, uh, and, and these are my plans, I'm not sure that it's all going to work out, but I, I hope it does. And you are going through life with your eyes wide open and you don't see anything because you're in darkness. And here you get to a place where the Lord has taken you out of his darkness and put you into his marvelous life, light, light. And that was the first moment that you gave your life to Jesus. And that ties in with the second point of, of not just allowing Jesus into your life, but you make Jesus, you choose to make Jesus first in your life, preeminent. Those two things. Your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you specifically 2,000 years ago on the cross. You might say, why is it so important? Because it is there that the power of God, the Holy Spirit, is able to begin to do work. Otherwise, if your faith is somewhere else, the Holy Spirit wants to do work, but he can't. Because our faith is somewhere else. The Holy Spirit works through where your faith is at. And secondly, as we choose to put Jesus first... In our lives. It says here, this is Colossians 1.15. It says, he is the image of the invisible God. That's Jesus. Jesus is the image. He came in the flesh 2,000 years ago and was the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Even though he, he came and he was in human flesh, he was before all of creation. He was involved in that which was made that we that we are part of for by him jesus all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers it doesn't matter what level of authority or power whatever it may be in the spiritual realm or even in the natural all things were created by him and all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things or above all things. And in him all things consist. They have their existence in and through him. And he is the head of the body. What body? The church. We are part, we're not talking about uh, an organization. We are talking about the body of Christ spiritually. As we give our life to Jesus Christ, we allow him into our lives, we become a part of his body, the body of Christ, and he is the head. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. So he overcame death because he went to the cross for us and he overcame death. And here's the point, that in all things, he may have the preeminence. I want to say to you today, not where, where you say, hey, what does this have to do with work? I'm telling you now, and I have, I'm going to be 58 years of age this year, and I look over my life, and I just say, thank you, Lord. I could not have planned my work life out if I had if I had all the power, all the money, and whatever. I could not have planned it more 
perfectly than you did, God. Not because of how good I am, but because I belong to him and my faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified and I submit it to the lordship of Jesus in my life. Not my will, your will be done. And as I have done that, as, as, the Lord, if I, as I have submitted and I've made him preeminent in my life, it's not how good I am, it's but, but by the choices that I've made. What I believe in, my faith, and also the choice to put him first. Because it says here that in all things he may have the preeminence. The, the, the verses that came before that were all about the fact that he is preeminent. But when it comes to you and to me, he wants for us to put him, to, we choose to put him in that place of preeminence. Lord, you're first in my life. I am talking about chapters 3 and 4 have to do with every aspect of our life. Chapters 1 and 2 have to do with these two things. So we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Our faith needs to be there. Not in a church, not in yourself, not in anything else, not in a, an object, not in your capabilities, nothing else. Jesus Christ and him crucified, that's where my faith is in. Because now the power of God is made available to me. And if I want the will of God to come to pass in my life, I submit to his lordship. You say, well, why is that so important, Dave? It's because if I am Lord in my life, now I can be saved. I'm saved. Jesus, my faith is in you for my salvation, for my sins. But you know what, Lord? I, 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 I want to do my own thing. I want my, for my plans and purposes to be accomplished. And so what happens then is the things that God would have for us and that are good, they don't come to pass because we're going off on these tangents. And sometimes I've seen people go around in their life. We're talking not just a, a few days or a few years. We're talking decades of just going around and around and around in a circle. Why? Are they saved? Yeah, I would say they're saved. But there's not much happening in their life. Why? Because Jesus is not Lord in their life. Jesus isn't Lord. It says here, let me read again, the end of chapter, uh, or verse 18, Colossians 1, 18. That in all things, he, that's Jesus, may have the preeminence. I choose, we choose, to put him first. All right. I just want to quickly, I'm going to read very quickly now, a whole bunch of things regarding our faith in Jesus Christ. So the first point that I made here, okay? Colossians 1, 3, and 4. This is the very first, as, he, as Paul is opening up the letter, he says, We give thanks to God and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, listen, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. We've heard about your faith that is in Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.19, and just, just listen for the word faith and what faith is in. So faith in Jesus Christ. For verse 19, Colossians 1.19, for it pleased the Father that in him, Jesus, all the fullness should dwell and by him, that's Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself. That means so that we can have relation. When you reconcile with somebody, you have relationship. You reestablish re or you establish relationship with, with a person, in this case, with God himself. By him, by Jesus, we can have relationship 
established with God, with him, it says, reconcile all things to himself, by him, by Jesus, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. So faith in what? Jesus Christ and him crucified. When he was crucified, the blood flowed. Even as before he was led to the cross, they whipped him, they scourged him, they they plucked his beard, they put a crown of thorns, they, and they beat it on his head. They whipped him with a cat of nine tails, 39 lashes. They didn't do 40 because 40 would kill a man. So they'd go right to the end, 39 lashes, cat of nine tails, the bones and the things just hooking on, the, the metal on the end, and every time they pulled back, it just ripped off more flesh. Jesus bled. It says... And having made peace, we have peace through the blood of his cross. What he endured for us on the cross, we have relationship with God. And you who once were alienated, aliens and enemies in your mind by your wicked works, the things you wanted to do, yet now he has reconciled, he, he made it possible for you to have relationship with him in the body of his flesh through death. He had to die so we could have relationship to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. As we believe in Jesus, Lord, I'm a sinner. My sins were put on you and I believe in you. And the next thing we are we are put into right standing with God. We're reconciled with God and we're presented before God the Father holy, blameless, without any blame, and, 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 and above reproach in his sight. Reproach means there's something wrong. Well, we're above reproach. There's nothing wrong. He sees us. There's nothing wrong. You say, Pastor, I haven't, I haven't arrived yet. But, but verse 23 is the key here. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, we're not moved from that faith and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard. Gospel, what gospel? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. That is good news. Which was preached to every creature under the heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. I'm telling you, I told you and you grabbed a hold of it and you were saved, and a church began in this city of Coloss, Colossae. If you indeed continue in the faith, Colossians 2, verse 6 to 10 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so now it's putting in not just who you believed in, but making him Lord, preeminent. Lord is above all. So therefore, have you, as you have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Have your life in him day to day. The things you would do on a day-to-day -day basis, walk in him and the power of who Jesus is, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, there it is again, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Thank you, Jesus. You say, Pastor, do you ever have problems? You better believe I do. Do you go through storms? Yes, I do. But I'll tell you, the Lord is faithful. Thank you, Lord. He is... I'm. I can abound, abounding is just flourishing in it, in our faith, and, and who Jesus Christ is Lord in our life with thanksgiving, just able to thank the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 8 talks about, don't let it be stolen for, from you. It says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. Philosophy is, is how we should live. And empty deceit to lie 
according to the tradition of men. You got to do this and got to do this. According to the basic principles of the world, the world is saying, you got to do this. If you want to make it, you got to do this. You got to go this place and, and do these things, see that person, whatever, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. We're talking the fullness of his power and his wisdom and all that God is dwells in Jesus Christ bodily in the flesh. And you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. There is no power. It doesn't matter what power and authority that is on this planet. All the powers and authorities combined in the natural and in the spiritual are nothing compared to Jesus Christ. Nothing. We can trust in him. Verse 11, Colossians 2, 11, it says, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Circumcised means to be cut off. It says you were cut off. What, was, what should be cut off in our, in our, our bodies and our, our being is the flesh. Our flesh is contrary to, to the things of God. I'll tell you, there's a battle that goes on within us that is contrary. If the old man, the old nature, the flesh is put down, and it needs to be put down daily... If we go by our flesh, it will always be contrary to the things of God. And so here it says that we were circumcised or it's cut off. The flesh needs to be cut off, just like in circumcision. Male circumcision is, is the illustration here. You cut it off. Him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, not a physical thing, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. You cut it off. By the circumcision of Christ. When was Jesus cut off? When he went to the cross and he died for us. That's where we're cut off. The flesh is cut off in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. You say, Pastor, you're focusing in on this. I'm telling you, it has to do with who we are even when it comes to our work. Buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Colossians 2, verse 18 and 19, let no one cheat you out of your reward, what God has for you, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels and, and intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. You're going to do the things of man and not holding fast to the head, to Jesus Christ. And you can only hold fast by faith. My faith is not in the things of man, traditions of man, or the actions of man. My faith is in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did for me on the cross. From whom the, all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Do you think that God is interested in your increase and in your nourishment and, and your, your existence? You better believe it. I can tell you right now, there are people here who say, I, I can attest to the, the, the faithfulness of God in my life. You say, amen. It, it is a reality. It's like the Lord is faithful to nourish us. Without God, I'll tell you, we, we, we barely exist. In fact, we're, without God, we're dead in trespasses and sin. We're dead spiritually. What does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You can gain everything in this world. And without God, as much as you may have gained, you spend eternity apart from him. It's not worth it. It is not worth it. But we have nourishment. We have strength in and through him. And there's a growth that 
with the increase that is from God. God wants for you to be increased. He has delivered us from the power, verse 13, Colossians 1, 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood and the forgiveness of sins. I already read this. This is a, a reminder that He may have the preeminence. That, those verses, verse 13 to 18, talks about what our faith is in and that He would have be the preeminent in our life. He would be number one. He would be Lord in our life. My faith is in Jesus Christ, I'm crucified, and I make him. I choose to put him first in my life. All right, you say, well, pastor, what does this have to do with work? Okay, let's go to Colossians 3, verse 22. Colossians 3, 22. There's a word there, bond servants. A bond servant is basically a servant, and it's a willing servant. Now, can I just say this? Uh, it would be, the word there would be like employee. You're willingly, you're not a slave. Because when you go to work, um, you're choosing to work where you're at. And so you're there because you're doing a, a task and you get paid for it. And it says to the bond servants, and this is, uh, well, okay. So employees, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. So this according to the flesh means obey your your master or your employer in all things according to the flesh, as in even if they are not believers, say, oh, that guy's not a believer, so I shouldn't listen to him. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Now, I just want to say this regarding obeying your employer. You do what is asked of you. You do your job. Do your job. Do your job. Simply, do your job. Regardless of whether that person is a believer or not, do your job. According to the laws of the land, within the laws of the land, and according to what is right before the Lord. So let me just clarify that. You say, Pastor Dave, if you were employed by somebody that was breaking the law, would you break the law? Uh, no, don't break the law of the land. And secondly... Uh, according to what is right before the Lord. It says, fearing God. Fearing God. So I'm not going to do those things that are not right before God. All right? So I obey my master according to flesh, even through unbelievers. Secondly, it says, not with eye service as men pleasers. Does anybody know what, what that's saying there? Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. I know it's not regular terminology, but let me give you an example. GM is a big, big place to work. Or you might be in a smaller place wherever you may be. Hey, here comes the boss. Here comes the boss. And you, you oh, got to get working. The boss is coming. I see the boss is here. So I start working. That's, it says, not with eye service as men pleasers, as if as long as I'm watching you or I, 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 you're going to do the right thing. As soon as you, I'm not watching you, you stop working.
How do you work? How do you work? Ah, boss not there. And once again, I, I, I think there is, I think, a few reasons that I, uh, I can remember one of my first jobs. Well, maybe it was, it was probably my third job by that point. My third job between, after high school, going into, between high school and university. I had a killer job as in it. It was killing me. It wasn't a killer job as in the, whoa, woo-hoo, I'm making the big bucks. I think I was making around, I don't know, four bucks an hour, 375, four bucks an hour, general labor. And I would get to the job site. It was, they were, in fact, the, the, the building where I worked for three weeks, just one part of the summer, is right across from uh, Canadian Tire that used to be on McLeod. There's a side street that comes 90 degrees off of McLeod across, and it's, I don't know what the name of the street is. And if you look down the street, you'll see this three-story building. Next time you go down there, just take a look. Hey, Dave worked on that building. You say, what did Dave do? I'd get there at 7 o'clock in the morning, 7 or 7.30, maybe 7.30. The boss wasn't there. The boss just said, hey, Dave, this is what I want you to do. And he'd come at whatever random moment in the day and just show up to see if I was working. And so what I had to do is the, you know, the first wall and, and, and the, the, the roof or the first floor of the, or the second floor was put on. I don't know how far it was, but what they wanted, what needed to be done next was they were going to pour the cement on the ground floor, and the, the ground had been gone over by, we're talking bulldozers and just packed down. It was good clay and whatever, and so I had to level everything. So the high point, so I had this, this two-by-four with a, uh, another cross piece along the top, and what I would do is I'd stand it up, and if it was, I couldn't get in place, that meant it was too high, the ground, and so I had to knock it down and dig it out and take that and put it in a low spot, and so I would do wheelbarrows a day shoveling, and by the time I'd get home, my hands, I couldn't even open my hands, and I can remember my arms just washing my hair at the end of the day, and, I, I'd, and I'd wake up in the morning, and I'd have to basically pry my fingers open. A brutal job, truly a killer job. I say all of this, 99% of the day, the boss wasn't there, and I continued to work. I'd take my own lunch. Oh, it's whatever time it, we had lunch. I'd take a half an hour break. And as soon as the half hour was over, oh, time to get back to work. Nobody told me to get back to work, and I would just do it. When the day was over, I'd clean up or whatever, put the tools wherever, and, and, uh, and I'd go home at 3.30. I'd take a 15-minute break in the morning, I think, and a 15-minute break, or I don't know what it was. And when the time was up, I'd work. How do we work? I think part of it had to do with the fact of, of the work ethic that I saw of my parents being good teachers, uh, an example. They were an example to me. But it also had to do with the fact I was a child of God. 
I'm a child of God. And I don't think I was saying, hey, oh, I'm, I'm going according to Colossians 3.22. It's just like, well, no, this is how we should work as Christians, as believers. It's how we should work. Not just starting up, because if I only started up when the boss came, he'd be there for like five minutes. And you know what? At the end of the time that he says, Dave, if you ever want a job or if you ever you need a, a reference or whatever, you can use my name. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, it talks about very much similar things as in Colossians. In fact, Ephesians 6, or Ephesians is, or Colossians is a condensed version of Ephesians for many things. It's a condensed version. But in Ephesians 6, verse 5, it says, Bondservants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ. And whatever you do, now this is going back to Colossians 3.23, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. So if Jesus were my boss, how would I work? You know what? That's a good way to work. I don't, I don't, if you got a nasty boss, and I've had nasty bosses along the way, it didn't mean that, you know what, I'm going to stick it to him. Fine. They're going to be that way. I'm going to stick it to them. No. Jesus, you're my boss. I'm going to work as unto you. That's how the Lord would have us work. And you say, is that even possible? I'm telling you, if Jesus, if your faith is in Jesus Christ and him crucified, and you submit to the lordship of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, you can do this. You know what? I don't remember during that summer saying, you know what? I hate my boss. What a, what a lazy guy. He never comes and helps me. I'm out here working by myself. I'm slugging away. Whoa, man, I hate my boss. I hate my work. I hate this. I hate that. You know what? If Jesus were, was my boss, how would I work? I think we'd have a different attitude, a different perspective, a different outlook, a, and diff a different incentive. Because verse 24, Colossians 24 says, Knowing that from the Lord... You will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. In other words, you, you reap what you sow, and it's God that says, Hey, I want to bless you. For goodness sake, I want to bless you. Do. Work is on to me. I want to bless you. The Lord wants to bless us. A reward of the inheritance. The Lord is saying, I want to bless you now on this side of heaven. I don't want you to be lacking in, in your, your work and what you, the work provides. We're talking about your income. I'm going to take care of you. The Lord will pay you according to how you work. In Luke chapter 16, verse 10, the Lord is talking about this steward, this manager that was not a good manager, so he had to make an account. But he says something in Luke 16, verse 10. He says, those that are faithful in little will be faithful in much. Those that are unjust with, just, with, a, with the least, with just a little amount, will be unjust with 
with a, a larger amount. So the Lord is saying, listen, the little things that you have, the little that you might be doing, do it well, and you will be entrusted with greater things. The Lord says, I want to bless you. I want you to be a good steward of, of, of the work that you have. Work is on to me. I want to pay you. I want to pay you well. Because the Lord is a good, fair master. And it says, it talks about the fact that he, there is no partiality. But he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done. And there is no partiality. There's no favorites. God is saying, hey, listen, you work, you work as you should, as unto me. I'm going to bless you. You don't work as unto me. You're doing your own thing. And, and as a, a men pleaser and, and uh, according to just as I service, when, when somebody shows up, you might start. Well, that you'll get paid accordingly. Now, you may say, man, that's not how I work or that's not how I've worked in the past. I just say to you, you know what? As we humble ourselves before the Lord, we just say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I need to make changes. And you're going to help me because I'm... You are the one that can forgive me of my sins, and I submit to your lordship. And the Lord, as we humble ourselves before him, can change everything around. Praise God. The Lord is faithful. A few things about work. I just want to mention a few things. And once again, I know there are individuals here that would say, oh man, the Lord has seen me through. The Lord has seen me through hard times. The Lord will see you. Listen, if you're going through a hard time financially and whatever, I, the Lord, Lord, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to, the work that I, I do, I'm going to do it as unto you. The Lord says, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you Increase. I want you to have increase. Just a few things about work. Let me just say this. Whatever you do, don't let work be first in your life. I know that, that many, you, you work full-time, you, you put in 40 hours a week. Some of you work more than full-time. 50 hours, maybe 60 hours. But what, I want to say this. Your work should never be first. And I, I've said this in the past. I, it should be no higher than fourth on your list of priorities. Your career, your job, fourth. On, on the highest is fourth. Number one, your relationship with God and its main, main, maintenance. To maintain your relationship with God should be number one. Number two, your family. Number three, the fact that you're in the body of Christ. For goodness sake, this I, I would say, oftentimes, those three are all messed up. God is not first, or God comes only if you got some time left over. Then we might think about God. Or sometimes family is just neglected. I'll tell you, there are homes that are broken and messed up because a parent was just working continually. There was no time for the kids. I'll tell you, there's no time for the kids because you got to work. 
Don't make that mistake. Your children, as they are at home, they need you. And if you're not there, and I know sometimes you, you sacrifice, you do what you got to do, but it, don't, do not make it long term. For goodness sake, don't make it long term. And when it comes to the things of the Lord, when it comes to being in the house of the Lord, for goodness sake, and I recognize a lot of work is on weekends. You can't make it to church on Sunday. You're here on a Wednesday night. There's people that, that you know what? It doesn't matter if I come to church or not. I'll tell you, don't make that mistake. We are members within the body of Christ. And as a member within the body, just like our body has members, if there's one of our, my members that chooses to, to shut off and not function for a period of time, I will know it. Even if it's my toe. You stub your toe and you know right away it's like hokey jumping. Like, I can hardly walk. It was just my baby toe. And I can hardly walk. As members in the body, you cannot, we cannot neglect the assembling together of saints. We cannot neglect the ministry that we do to each other. I was so excited. I, yesterday when I came in here, there was like almost a dozen ladies here for prayer in the morning. I just said, thank you, Lord. I said, I said, thank you to the women for praying yesterday. Thanks for praying. On Monday night, there was a dozen guys here that came. There was a, a, a number that weren't there that were missing, but there were still a dozen guys that came out just to pray because if they can't make it on a Sunday or a Wednesday or whatever, man, I just want to be, I need to be in the house of the Lord. To be in the house of the Lord. Don't neglect those, those three things. God family, and the body of Christ. Keep balance there. Keep them before your work. You say, well, where, where is most of your time spent? Yeah, most of it is spent probably, well, 40 hours for work. I'll tell you, yeah, I, I work more than 40 hours a week. But I'll tell you, I cannot neglect my family, and I cannot neglect, thank God, so much of what I do is here in church on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whenever. In prayer, I'm, I'm here but even if I wasn't a pastor, I cannot neglect those aspects. I need, to, I need to keep that as part of my week. So your job or career should be no higher than fourth in your list of priorities. I thank God my very first year, ver the very first few months, I mentioned a few months back that consultant came and says, Dave, he says, you can work as a teacher for 24-7. You won't have enough time in a day. You won't have enough days in a week to do the work of a teacher, to be this excellent teacher. He says, don't do it. He says, you've got family. You've got friends. He says, be a good teacher, but don't let it run your life. Listen to me. Those that you, you, you say, well, you know, I can work a few extra hours. I can make a few extra bucks. It is not worth your children. It's not worth your relationship. For goodness sake, parents, your kids grow up real fast, and then they're gone. They would want to have a relationship with you, not to say, you know what, I never knew my father or my mother because they were always working. It's not worth it. There wouldn't be more than fourth, even with the hours that you might put in. Let me say, and I just, I know I'm just going a little bit longer here tonight. I just want to, I want to say this. The income that you have, you give what belongs to Caesar to Caesar. You give to the Lord what belongs to the Lord. I'm not just saying this as a pastor, saying, hey, 
I, I, I need your money. I'll tell you, I've said this before, fine. You don't want to tithe here? I'd say, don't tithe here, then tithe somewhere else. But for goodness, tithe. Give a tenth of your income to the Lord. Give a tenth of your income to the Lord. You say, Pastor, do you do that? You better believe I do. As a pastor, I tithe into this church. I tithe in here. Your tithes and your offering and offerings to the Lord. You say, what's an offering? An offering is above, is a voluntary thing above your tithe. What's a tithe? One-tenth. You say, Pastor, you give one-tenth? You better believe I do. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you, Lord? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me. Test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room or room enough to receive it. You say, Pastor, how can it be you give and you receive? You better believe it. I just say, thank you, Jesus, for the blessings. And I don't see it just on us as Julie and I, but I see it flowing even onto our children. There's blessing that flows onto our children. And even as they would take on and, and do this thing of, of, hey, the Lord has given me the health and the strength. has given me the job. I'm going to tithe of what the Lord has given me. And the Lord says, I'm going to bless you with a a, a way that you cannot receive. You know what? This thing, Rob, I had somebody say, this is how, what Rob means. There's an illustration of robbing. Here, Lord, fill, fill me. Fill my cup. Our hand is over. The Lord wants to bless. He can't. It just flows all over. It flows around. It does, never goes into the container. We're robbing from the Lord. We are the one that hang on to the things that belong to the Lord. And as we hang on, he doesn't get any, he can't even pour anything into our lives. Say, wow, I can remember my first job, the, almost the first week or two, and my principal, because I had it on my resume that where I, I was at church or whatever, uh, involved in church and whatever, and he, just out of the blue, he says, so Dave, uh, do you tithe? I, I was not a Christian school, this is a public school. Hey, Dave, do you tithe? I said, yes, I do. Absolutely, I do. The Lord has been faithful and good. Not only will he pour out blessing, but he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. So the enemy, as he would want to destroy the fruit of your ground, he says, no, 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 that's not happening. It says here, I will rebuke. It means no. Satan, for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. Basically, there's this illustration of, of a farmer whose fruit is not destroyed, and the, the vine, there's nothing on it. Yesterday, I went over, I was talking to a guy, he says, oh man, I've got apple trees here, and I, I looked on the ground, there's, there's all the, the, the apples were on the ground. I said, what happened to those apples? He says, oh, the wind came and just blew the apples right off the tree the other day. Lord is saying, hey, I'm going to make sure that there's, an, there's a harvest that comes in, that the fruit of your hands is there for you. 
says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Again, God is saying, oh man, oh, I want to take care of you. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. I want to help you in your life when it comes even to your finances. He is so good. He is so good. I, I didn't even get into the second part of this, Colossians 4, verse 1. Maybe I'll do that next week because we're already running past. Um, but I want to, if we could stand and pray tonight. Listen, if you want to have the blessing of the Lord financially, number one, you need to believe that Jesus Christ, who Jesus Christ is, and that he died for you. Oh, he died for you. He took all your sins upon himself that your faith would be in Jesus Christ to take care of every single one of your sins, past, present, and future, that your faith would not waver off of Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's where my faith is at. If your faith isn't there, it's some, something else tonight. Hey, I confess, Jesus, you died for me. You, you took all of my sins upon yourself, and, and so my faith is in the one that loved me so much that I didn't even know him, even before I knew him. He already died for me so that I could have life. I just thank you, Jesus. And not only come into my life, Jesus, but I make you Lord preeminent first in my life. Not my will, your will be done. May I say this? The plans and purposes that God has, they're not just general. There's general, the general will of God, but there is a specific will of God for your life, specifically for you. Thank you, Jesus. I want your will. Not my will, your will be done in my life. So that's what I would, I would have you at this point as I pray for you. It's not hard to say, Lord, I'm a sinner. But this thing about what, who you are and what you did for me on the cross, I believe it. I believe it. You took care of my sins so I can have relationship with you. I want to I belong to you. I want to I be your child. I believe it. Come into my life. I make you Lord. Even that would be your confession tonight. Lord, so I pray that it would be that simple. You say, is it that simple? It is that simple. Lord, the simplicity of the message of the cross and the impact it has on us spiritually to bring us life. So, Lord, I just pray tonight, if there's anybody that's not in right standing, Lord, they will confess, Lord, I'm sorry. I have sinned against you. I've done my own thing. Thank you for dying for me. Lord, that their faith would be in you right now in Jesus' name and who you are, what you did for them, because you love them so much. You want relationship, that God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would have relationship with us even to the point where the Spirit of God would dwell in within us as we allow, as our faith is in Jesus. We receive you, Jesus. Let there be a receiving of Jesus right now to let Jesus into their life. And Lord, that the Holy Spirit would make residence within them. I pray this right now in Jesus' name. Let it be as they say, yes, I want that. I need that in my life. And Lord, that they would say, Jesus, be Lord in my life. Not my will, your will be done for me. Lord, I pray there will be miracles taking place even in the, the aspect of employment and in finances. 
Lord, they'll be good managers. We would be good managers and stewards of what you have given us and entrusted us with. The little that we would have, that we would be faithful with the little, that you would give us even more that we could be faithful with, with the little, so we would be faithful with much. Lord, I pray that we would be those individuals that we can be, and what you would have us to be, and the plans and purposes that you have for us will be fulfilled powerfully, even in the area of finances, even in the area of employment. And so, Lord, I pray as people have grabbed a hold of these two things, Jesus Christ, I'm crucified, and Jesus, Lord, in my life, putting him there. Lord, I, I pray right now there will be miracles of employment that will, will take place. If it hasn't been already, Lord, it will take place. Lord, those that have employment as they work as onto the Lord, Lord, not for their boss or the company, they'll work as onto you. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that there will be increase of finances at this time, increase within their their. Uh, with their income, Lord, their hours, that their hours would be steady, their hours would be good. I pray that there will be promotion, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, they would say this, that we would be able to say, this is what the Lord has done, that others would call us a blessed land. We, man, you're blessed. And it's not because of who we are, but it's because of who you are and who we've made you to be within our lives. So I pray this in Jesus' name. Let it be. Let it be in Jesus' name. Everyone says, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great night. I'm glad you came tonight. And uh, if you have any needs or you're, you need prayer, don't hesitate. I'll, I'll have a few minutes up front here. For those that have needs, we can pray for you or for a job or whatever. Uh, come on up and, uh, yeah, we can pray together. Praise God. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.